Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hey, this is Brian January, and you're listening to Dishin and Swishin. Hi, Kara. Hey. So let's start by wrapping up the WNBA season before we start talking about the college season. I had to get your feel. What did it feel like when you sat there and you watched Candace hold that trophy and you know such heartfelt feelings about Pat and you know Candace finally getting that championship and you know a, a, a vindication that she really shouldn't have needed for her you know superstardom. Candace is a great player and. I was really happy for for her. Uh, if if you have a pulse, I, I think you were probably emotional watching her. Um, but then knowing Pat and and knowing Candace and their relationship, um, yeah, I mean it was it was an inspiring performance by her uh, and her team. Uh, it was it was good to see because it, it gave. Uh, it gave the WNBA, uh, of course, everyone in Minnesota is saying, no, it wasn't. But, you know, it, it was good to see it's a, a new champion. I know Ellie's won it before, but not this group of players. Um, it was one of the most compelling finals we've had, particularly the, the last game and, and, how it, and how it ended. And, uh, you know, like you said, it was a player that the WNBA title had, had proven to be elusive for that just stayed at it and uh, and, and finally got it. So uh, I, w- I was thrilled for Candace, uh, thrilled for uh, Brian Agler and, and the team. And uh, as, as somebody that just loves the game of basketball, you couldn't really have asked for a better better capper to the 20th season. The refereeing, of course, came <laughs> at the end. Yeah. You know, well, through the series. Well, but, well I mean, yeah. that's what I meant, yep. in the series. Yep. Uh, in, in the finals period that came up. And it's unfortunate to that was the case. Uh, any thoughts on what can be done or what to do? Or you know, as a person that's watched it on the college level, obviously now, and played uh, in the recent past, you know, what what can be done? I mean, it, that's the question. I mean, obviously there's human error and there's always going to be these issues, but you know, is there something that jumps out as an easy easier fix? I don't know that there's an easy fix. Uh, you know, this it, it is interesting because I have buddies, you know, hit me up during the game or a- after that play and saying, like, how did they blow this? You know, and, and I think I tweeted something after, like, this is normal. You know, the top teams and the top players in the WNBA are really, really good. I mean, you know it. You see it. You cover I mean, that that high level of player is really good. The top officials are not at that level. They're not as good as our players are, as our top players are good, and that's reality. It's, it's not hate. That's just reality. How do you fix it? I'm not sure. Um, the WNBA is, uh, you know, it, it's not the NBA where it employs 
full-time employees. It's, it's whole officials. Um, it also is um, a training ground for, for, for other levels. So the MBA uh, officials will, before they become MBA officials, will referee in the WNBA. College officials that do college during the year will referee in, in, the, in the WNBA. It's kind of a, a mishmash of officials, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's just officials from different backgrounds huh. that ref different leagues. And all of these leagues have different rules. Rules are a challenge. To be a referee is a challenge. I know as a broadcaster, if I'm calling a women's college basketball game, the rules are different than the men's college game. Um, but you got to know which is which, and you got to know it in a split second time, and or they have to know it in a split second. I get replay, you know, as a broadcaster. It's it's a challenging job, but saying something's a challenging job doesn't excuse incompetence in a job. And when it happens at that level, in a showcase, in a feature piece of Game Five of your WNBA Finals, in your biggest, it's a problem. You know, just like it's a problem when a player makes a bonehead play in game five and a coach makes a bad time out or whatever it is. That's a problem. I don't know if there's an easy fix um, because uh, you've got so many officials coming from so many different different backgrounds, but it, it, it needs to get better. And um, if anything comes from this, I hope it comes from, hey, we, we've got to upgrade the, the quality of, of the officials in, in the league. Ironically, I was watching an NBA game right after, and I think Jim Pete was doing the announcing, and they blew an eight-second call. <laughs> and he said, they did it in the WNBA Finals, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it does happen on yeah. all levels. Yeah. So, so now we're here for about women's college basketball, yeah. and it's about time to get started. And you know, I know I'm excited about this season because of all the changes that are happening with graduation and in different teams and different right. places. Uh, when you look at the schedules and you look at what's coming up, and you know, you know it, it's got to be a little bit hard for you not to be excited about the changes and possibilities too. The season feels wide open. You, you never know how it's going to happen, what's going to happen, injuries or um, players, um, you know, emerge. But it feels very wide open, um, not only for the national championship but also for the final four. And I think there are more more teams in the top group. Obviously, UConn's won the last four, but even within those years, we would say there's maybe one or two teams that we could see beating them, right? Whereas this year, I feel like there's 10 to 12 teams, at least to start, that I would say they're all in that top group. You know, I think it's I think it's one of these 10 or 12 ultimately. Uh, we'll see how that plays out, but we we haven't had that in recent years in, in women's college basketball to have the depth of the top group. And for that, I'm really excited. I've been going around watching practices uh, in the preseason here. Uh, I've seen about seven or eight teams so far uh, on the women's side, and, and um, there's, there's a lot of talent out there. Anything in particular that jumped out at you that you've seen that you can share at this point? Yeah. Well, the thing that I, I made it a point, David, to go out more this year than any other year because of this. This is a year of the transfer in women's college basketball, particularly among the contending teams. So typically, unlike the men's side, where there's a lot of turnover from a roster perspective year in and year out, on the women's side, there's not. We know our players. We know we see them as a freshman. We see them. I mean, heck, coaches were couldn't wait for for Stewie and Mariah and Morgan to graduate. It's like they're there another year. They're there another year, right? Because they stay four years. Well, this year. You look at a team like South Carolina, their team's going to be totally different. 
you look at a team like Ohio State, their team's going to be totally different. Trans transfers are, are going to make a, a, a big, big impact this year. And, and even on some teams like, you know, Diamond this year is a transfer. I mean, it's her second year there, but transfer. Lexi Brown at Duke is a tra you know, transfer. So you're, you're starting to see that these contending teams um, are, are really being made stronger. They were already good teams. Ohio State was a good team. Last South Carolina was a good team last year. But now they're stronger. So that was a big motivation for me to get out and kind of see how is this going to develop. And then you have – the reason you always go out in the preseason, which is the freshman. I'm not, I, I don't recruit, so I'm not in these high schools, thank goodness, in, in the summers recruiting these, these players. I'm not a recruit, I don't recruit. So the, a lot of the times I'm seeing kids for the first time in an extended, extended way. And so that's been a big, big motivation for me because uh, the top teams typically reload with really good recruiting classes. And they have freshmen that are going to be able to contribute, whether it's starting or being in the rotation. And so getting out to see some of the, some of the top freshmen uh, has been great. Um, got a chance to watch Notre Dame practice yesterday, been to Ohio State. I've been to Michigan State, I've been to Michigan, I've been to Louisville, I've been to Kentucky, I've been to Maryland. So I've been, I've been, I've made the round. And I'll, I'll be making more, coming to a, coming to a school near you, uh, but uh, I'll be making more. Carol Lawson World Tour yeah, that's 2016. Right. That's right. But, uh, but that's kind of been the motivation because I, I do feel like it's a different year. It feels different. It feels different. And I wanted to kind of get out ahead and, and get, some, get some earlier prep than normal. The other thing about, just even about the transfers, I'm so not used to this second semester transfer thing. Yeah, mid-year. I mean, yep. you know, this this is like you know an NFL team or a major league baseball team picking up a player before the trade deadline. Yeah. You know, you, you look at Ohio State as you mentioned, and you know What's having Renee Harper. You know, that you, you Who bring, looks good. She looks good. You yeah. Bring, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw one practice. I saw them practice. She was on in China. At, yeah. At three on three. Yeah. Uh, but you you add somebody like that, and then you you know. It, is it going to change chemistry by adding her in, or does it improve chemistry? What's it going to be? Like? You know, it changes the whole dynamic now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's, um, Lene's a great kid, and she is somebody that, uh, yeah, I do some do some work with USA Basketball, and she's been somebody that's been great in the international play. Why I think she's such a tremendous addition. Uh, one is her leadership. I think she she brings a great deal of leadership to that to that team, but the second thing from an on court perspective, she is good at everything Ohio State needs. She's an excellent defender. She's unselfish on the offensive end. That's not to say their players their players are selfish, but the way she plays, she doesn't need to score to be effective. They have some tremendous scores on their team. I mean, you have one of the best in the country in Kelsey Mitchell. They're adding. Mavunga, they're adding Sierra Count. They have they have players that scoring's not a problem in Columbus. Not a problem. So now you add a player where scoring is one of the last things that she's worried about. And it and it I think it's a perfect fit for them. Not to mention her shot is vastly improved, her jump shot, from what you saw, you know, the version of it you saw at Kentucky. She's worked on it, it looks it looks cleaner, it looks better. She um, she's more confident in it, so she she's she has that piece. But um, they're gonna be very good. And they have a tremendous freshman class too. So not only do they add transfers, they also have Kevin's got Kevin McGuff's got a lot of talent. A lot of talent. They're, that's going to be, you know, I, I was surprised to see Maryland ahead of them in the Big Ten mm -hmm. predictions, uh, preseason stuff. I, mm -hmm. I look at Ohio State as a legit Final Four team along with 
Notre Dame, South Carolina, UConn. Uh, it's funny when UConn is not the first name that actually rolls off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so when do the, when, when do you start? When are the first games? When you know when you're, when's the kickoff coverage? Uh, so I will start in studio um, Sunday, November thirteenth. It's my first day of work, uh, but we we kind of are kickoff to the kickoff is tip-off marathon. I mean, we do have games on the fr- on Friday, November 11th, but that might be our official kickoff, but the tip-off marathon kind of starts it off. Uh, so I'll, I'll be working a game for, for that and then uh, be in studio during Feast Week and Thanksgiving and get get going. So uh, I think I think uh, I have both women's games and men's games on the 13th, so it's coming up soon. That's great. Well, Karen, we're looking forward to hearing from you. It's always great to see you. Thanks, David. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.